0: See you young boy!
1: Welcome to a safe space radio, also known as Art Star Scene Radio, on Radio Free Brooklyn. I am Francis, also known as Face Boy. I'm Lucas. Us, yes, with us at the studio, with us at home is Lucas, and for the first time ever on this show, ever on radio, Medalia Perkins.
2: Hi, thank you for having me.
1: You're very welcome. Before we get to our guest, I just want to address something because it just happened. Like. 10 minutes ago so after we did the sound check i went upstairs to the garden have a cigarette and there was a protest going on uh peaceful protest i was like okay this is great you know i have an opportunity to cheer them on to show my support uh maybe to record some of it like i did a couple of weeks ago and it was you know it was such beautiful message beautiful music at the end of it it was just so nice but there was a fucking helicopter a fucking helicopter that uh, an NYPD helicopter flying you know, lower than it should, in my opinion, and it shouldn't be there to begin with. There's no reason for it to be there. This is a peaceful protest. These helicopters cost between $1,000 and $1,600 an hour. That's money. That's your money. That's my money. I don't want to pay for that. I don't want to pay for that. Because these helicopters are used primarily for surveillance and intimidation you know they're they're taking pictures mostly of the leaders they're taking pictures of whoever they they fucking want to and and they're also trying to intimidate people it's a thousand to 1600 dollars an hour that's why people are saying to defund the police cuz that kind of fucking waste it's ridiculous and it stole me of an opportunity to record something beautiful which i could have shared on this show which i had done in the past and it's moving and it's and it just it that's That makes me angry, and I'm glad I have a platform to get that off my chest. I would like uh, anyone who's listening, who lives in New York City, who cares about this kind of stuff, to say, hey, you know, we don't want this. We do not want to be spending money needlessly on surveillance and intimidation. So that's my opening of the show.
0: <laughs> um, so last month was... Um black mental health month but um i feel like we it's such an under talked about subject that we should really not be reserving it just for one month um and the reason i thought to bring mcdali on to talk about this is because she's both one of the most stable people i know and also has helped me the most with my mental health um and i just feel like it's too often that like Black women are helping um, white women, even though they're the ones that have more barriers
2: to care. Okay. Um, so I I feel like there really aren't as many resources as like we know, we know like to reach out to say, hey, I need, we need this mental health resource. And I feel like um, it's also kind of um, let me see. It's not really addressed or, or as addressed as frequently as it should in the black community. It's kind of like looked down on if you have like some kind of mental um, mental health crisis or having a mental health issue. If you don't know how to navigate, it's kind of like, oh, no, don't you don't you're not crazy. You're not. That's a white people problem. And I hate to hear things like that because like I heard that constantly as you know, as a kid. Oh, don't don't say that. You know, that's not, that's not for us. And and it just kind of makes me feel like that's not, that's not right. It didn't seem right or correct hearing that as a, like, as a young woman. But um, I also feel that the, um, the resources really, well, a lot of people don't know where to reach out to for, you know, help. And it's, you know, also stigmatized, very stigmatized. And, um, it's looked down on, and I feel like these are, you know, everybody deserves mental health care. Everybody, not just black, you know, not just white, just white or Asian or any Latino. Everybody needs mental health.
1: Yeah, there are definitely, definitely cultures that, uh, that look down on seeking mental health. Uh, I know from, growing up in a predominantly italian neighborhood that uh, that it was considered weakness
2: yeah it, it was seen as that but i mean a part of like just you know growing yourself and making yourself better is just you know finding ways to get through you know a bad time and this fucking getting, getting... guy is
1: going to a fucking head doctor <laughs> this fucking guy they don't fucking smack him in the head yeah. and then they don't they don't fucking they don't fucking know things right. Yeah. Skin guy. Oh. Skin guys going to a fucking head doctor. <clears throat> smack <Boy>. up one. <laughs> me. That was my fucking kid. So, uh, you mentioned during sound check that uh, there were several books you had read during this uh, pandemic that have to do with mental health. Can you speak to a little bit about which ones were helpful, which ones were not? Which sure. general.
2: So I was reading a few books by Faith G. Harper, who has a very... She's got an extensive, very small line of... It's extensive, but they're, like, very quick reads. They're, like, under 200 pages. Um, and she's a... I believe she's a, P, she's a Ph.D. That name
1: again so, I mean, so I mean, so Write it down.
2: Yeah, it's Faith G. Harper. And the first book that I read from her was Unfuck Your Brain. <laughs> and it's just basically um, kind of like in your head, getting getting over anxiety issues, like learning about ba- boundaries, depression, anger, and triggers, and how that all kind of ties like together. So that was one of the first books that I read from her, and I, I thought it was great because it really gave me a lot of insight. It just like made it opened my mind. Like I didn't have to go to like a, a psychiatrist to you know have that like. That talk, you know like have that community with that person, but I was able to get that you know that information from just like a, a book. And it kind of helped it helped me a lot. It helped me understand like there were things that I was, you know, things that you don't realize that you're doing in your everyday life that that are triggers. and the triggers are the reasons why you feel a certain way and it kind of helped it helps you know a lot and i have a bunch of her books she has books on boundaries anxiety um depression anger um there's like a a few books she has so
0: and do you feel like um, she was able to help you with the specific triggers you have as a person of color
2: well i mean i didn't know that some of the things that that were setting me off were triggers, like getting angry at certain things because I didn't like something. Basically, I, she, she just kind of got in my head and like, made me understand like that's the reason why. Like You don't like this, and this is the reason why you don't like this, or you don't like this treatment, or something upsets you and it's a trigger and that you should kind of not stay away from that because it's gonna make you more depressed or make you more upset or make you more angry.
0: Something I've found um, in my treatment is a lot of people of color have said that the institutions themselves and the model of treatment is triggering for Black people, um, mm. and it's a hard thing to, um, I guess, untangle. But I don't know. Do you want to speak on that at all?
2: Um, I mean, I mean, as a kid, like I, I really feel like. We didn't really, like, my parents never really gave me this, okay, this is, like, your problem-solving module. This is what you need to do to confront a problem. So I had to learn those skills a little later on. And it was, like, harder for me to kind of understand, like, hey, there's a problem. Like, you need to fix this. And after, you know, kind of going through these certain situations in life, you realize, okay, okay this is happening because I'm running away from it. Like, let me, what, what can I do to make this better? Like not have this problem anymore. So it kind of like opened up, opened my mind a little bit more and it made me more aware that like, you just basically have to, you know, troubleshoot and get, get together, like gather yourself, fix the problem and you know, just make it work for you.
0: Yeah, I think um where practitioners sort of fall short is that um you have ongoing trauma um whereas like a lot of white girls just have a specific incident. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm.
2: Um I mean I mean me personally, I don't feel like I have a lot of ongoing trauma, but I feel like there are some, you know, uh, I mean, I guess like when I was younger, like there were just like little things that like you know, people would say like say say things and it was i didn't know at the time but it was kind of like an underhanded statement like people would say things like oh you're you're oh you're like one of the like but you're you're black but you're mixed with something like i would always get these kind of like weird kind of you know like backhanded compliments which kind of made me feel like at first it was just like oh okay thanks but then it's like oh that really hurt me like you know, I've had, like, comments about, like, the way that I talk. They're like, oh, you talk like a white girl or, you know, I've been bullied before. So, I mean, to me, I just feel like, you know, these things have happened and I've kind of, like, have grown from those situations, you know, like having gone through that kind of stuff. And um, I'm aware that it's, you know, it's there, but it also makes me a, a big, you know, makes me more... um I guess more aware, you know, more aware. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, there's just so many microaggressions
2: I feel like all the time. Yeah, that's that's exactly what the word was, microaggressions. That was Yeah. I mean, cuz like you know, it's, it's just like it's not it doesn't feel good to get like those kind of comments from someone when someone says something like, "Oh, you're 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 cute for a black girl," or "Oh, like or like even like with the hair, like with my hair cuz like I've curly uh-huh. hair." I have had like a lot of comments about, oh, why don't you straighten your hair? It'd be so much prettier and it'd be so much longer if you straightened it. And I'm like, your hair I really is beautiful.
1: Your hair is is beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. I love your hair. I love your hair. Thank you. <laughs> Today and just I was kind watching.
2: Of, mm-hmm? Sorry. Yeah. And I just kind of like, basically, like, I, I like how my hair is. So I'm not going to straighten it just because someone says I would look better with it straightened, you know.
1: Today I was watching um, the CBS special that aired earlier this week, um, John Lewis celebrating a hero, and um, I do recommend it. I think it was well put together. It's probably available on demand. Uh, it was uh, uh, it was a nice, it was a very nice tribute to a, a a heroic man, truly a heroic man, and a lot of the advertising in it was also centered towards. Um, towards the the current movement and and one of the things one of the, one of the ads opened with a woman saying to her child that was not a compliment that was not a compliment and then later in the commercial you find out that what the child was told was you're beautiful for a black girl mm-hmm. and and so like i just heard that today and then the mother says you are beautiful period you are a beautiful
2: child yeah that that's more acceptable mm-hmm. you know and definitely mm-hmm. yeah.
1: I remember when i was uh when I was living in l a and um and I was having a problem with the super in my building and the super uh had said something like uh trying to trying to be get on my good side, but it totally didn't work. He he, he goes, you know, I really like gay people. I, I want gay people in this building and it's and I'm like, you know, all gay people are not the same. <laughs> the exactly. fuck are you talking like, about? You're just, like gay you're just so I called, I called the, the building owner and I told them what happened and and the building owner Oh my God, the building owner said Said, you know, I just learned this recently because I was talking to a colleague, uh, and and I told him that he was a credit to his rights. and um, and he 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 took that. He explained to me that that's not a, a compliment at all. I'm like, no, it's
2: not. <laughs> <laughs> it's like <laughs> a slap in the face. I mean, it's, it's like. Terrible
1: thing to say. It's terrible for you to to have uh, one standard for one race and another standard for another race. Of course you're off, but, you know. Uh, and and uh, and he was he he was like, well, could you maybe be, uh, uh what's the word? Not a conduit, but a, a go-between person, you know, a for a liaison. A liaison.
0: <laughs>
1: maybe a, a liaison. And I'm Whoa. like, and I'm like, no, I just don't want to be insulted.
2: Yeah, no, that's
0: great. I feel like we're constantly asking, um, like, black pe- people to educate us instead of doing the education ourselves. Do, do you feel that way?
2: Um, I mean, more so now. I'm hearing, I'm hearing that a lot. But I, I feel like it's, it's a good thing because, you know, if you as an ally, can, you don't know what, what. I might need like you can't you're not a magician you can't say like okay well I'm on your side and I'm offering the support but I, you don't know what support that I need so I mean if it's like resources like are there centers are there like places that I need to go to to you know for like mental health or for um, any type of like I guess advocate advocation? Um you know, it's, it's not enough to, like, just donate either. Like, it's, it's very hard because there's so many different organizations that you can donate to, and you try and figure out, hey, which which organization is going to most benefit black people? Like, you, you don't know which one is going to best benefit black people. Yeah. I don't even know what's going to best benefit <laughs> black people, because, like, and, and it's hard because there's so many. So, I mean, I feel that when someone says to me, like, what is it that I can do to help you? Like, I mean, just stand by me, be an ally, you know, just as like what you do, Lucas, is like very supportive. Like on your um on your Instagram, you're always putting out very positive um like resources, you know, things for Black Lives Matter, things for you know, also other um just like other Hi, sorry. Right. Okay. On, the, on the on the
1: Black Lives Matter website that I went to recently, um, I noted that they said they, right on the first page um, we we are welcoming and supportive of our trans brothers and sisters and yes. that was really good to see. That was that was, yeah, that was important. great to see. Yeah, that it's, that is it's newer for That is definitely uh, worthy of contributions and and uh, mm-hmm. donations.
0: Yeah, I mean, they've never um, been against trans people, but they've never really, like, um, publicly came out and said that until recently, so I, that was really exciting. Yeah,
2: that's, that's a very good thing. Yeah, it's good. Okay.
1: Their whole, their whole, the whole, this movement, these protests, uh, I'm going to just keep saying it because, you know, repetition helps people to get it into their heads these protests this movement it's really well organized it's the message is really strong the the changes are happening Uh, I absolutely uh, encourage anyone who can get involved get involved in whatever way they can and I will be I am really glad to have this platform you know to reach out and say you know I'm here I'm on the streets of New York City Right now, like I said, uh, not more than half an hour ago, I saw a protest. It was really well organized. The only thing bad about it was a fucking fucking police helicopter yeah. overhead fucking up the sound and trying to intimidate people. Um, so, you know, this is not at least what I'm seeing in my neighborhood. This is not something where you have to be afraid of anything, of any kind of violence. From the protesters, that is.
2: Yeah. I mean, I definitely feel like I, you know, during the beginning of the movement, um, seeing, like, all the, like, police brutality was very, it was so scary. And it was just kind of like, I wanted to go out and support or just to, to observe. But then, like, when I was seeing all the people getting hurt and the people that have died, and, it, like, it freaked me out, like, so much. A
1: man with his hands up. The cop pulls down his mask and pepper sprays him in the face. That's so terrible. And the guy, like, somehow was able to keep his hands up because he knows it can be dangerous to move them.
2: That's so terrible.
0: Yeah. Um, Yeah, what I was really concerned with for one of my treatment centers is that, like, in training the other staff, they were forcing the black staff to do it, and there's very few, like... um black people working there and i worry that they are make almost making them alienate um themselves
2: does that make sense do you mean do you mean like the like the black um like the patients they're asking the like the
0: one black therapist to um, to to, to
2: speak to the to the black patient
0: no to speak to That I understand, the BIPOC groups, but they're asking them to speak to the staff, and I almost feel like a white person should be doing that. So if, like, they piss everybody off, you're not really putting the person at risk who's, like,
2: does that make sense? No, I understand. I mean, um... So... You know, sometimes people have like really good ideas and like even though it's like an idea doesn't mean it's going to necessarily work. So, I mean, I think like the idea sounds like a good idea, but then like maybe I understand what you're what you're what you're conveying about. Like basically what you were saying was making a white person be like the like, here, here's this person, they can say this stuff don't put this black person here to say this stuff because if you do, then it might be misconstrued or Is that, is um, that basically,
0: or just that if people get angry at all, they shouldn't be placing that on the very few black employees we like have in in a lot of these institutions. Does that make sense?
2: Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, I, I just, you know, you want to, I don't know. Do you feel like maybe there should be, there should be more black, like black people in role, like, like in the role enrolls um, like in in that in the institution that you They were... need to be hiring more but yeah, they're they they're claiming
0: they don't have the applicants which um I mean Crispin once said like maybe black women don't want to help a lot of, a lot of white, white bitches. I don't think so <laughs> <laughs> I don't
2: think so. <laughs> I don't I don't think that that's yeah. I don't know. It just sounds like something silly. But um yeah. Okay.
1: I want to ask a general question. Um, In what ways has the Trump virus, that's what I'm calling it, by the way, (laughs) (laughs) has the Trump virus affected your life?
2: Oh, the Trump virus. So, um... Oh, you mean the COVID-19 thing, right? Yes. Okay. He
1: calls it the China virus. I call it the Trump
2: virus. <laughs> so the Trump virus has caused me to be unemployed for the first time ever. I've never been unemployed. So that was like a big change for me. Um, with being unemployed, I lost all of my health insurance and did not have any health insurance. I still don't have health insurance. And it's just kind of like it put me in this kind of like really just terrible place i'm like oh my god i have no job i have to rely now on um unemployment to you know you know get get everything together um that also like what else it was just nonstop like nonstop nonstop i just feel like it was just terrible I want 2020 to be over. I want this Trump virus to be done. It's, it was just really bad. But, I mean, the only thing that I did feel was helpful with, with being unemployed was that I was just able to kind of um, get a little hold on my my mental health and get a hold on my finances a bit more. And that was just the only real positive thing that came out of that. You know? So... Thank goodness.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You also uh, helped a a lot of your, the people that worked under you get get unemployment, which was really great.
2: Yes. I I tried (laughs) to do the best that I could to just kind of like, okay guys, this is what's going on. I don't really know what's happening with the job, but you should apply for unemployment and try and see if you can get whatever benefits you can. Yeah. And I just kept like, checking in with people like at first I was checking in a lot and then when people stopped you know like hey it's it's Medalia I just wanted to know if you like gave unemployment a call and they're like and there's no answer like nobody is like calling back or responding back I just kind of like okay fine I was doing that for like two months from like March till about the end of april and then after that i'm like okay it is what it is right now and people need to kind of like figure it out and stand on their own two feet like i can't really you know hold their hands
0: through it yeah Yeah, exactly
1: (laughs) (laughs) so have you seen any changes in uh friendships or relationships that you currently have um
2: yes i mean um i feel like since I've been home, like, since March, I feel like there's less of, like, of, like a friendliness to, so, like, my friends. It started off as first as, you know, we're doing the virtual happy hours, we're checking in with each other, you know, we were messaging each other a lot, and then I now I feel like my phone never rings. I, you know, very, like, my, my relationships changed. Like, you know, some people I got closer to, and then some people, I just, we just kind of parted ways or you know some people that that's just that's just my experience
1: no it's not just your experience and i'm glad that you you voiced what you voiced because this uh this is going to help a lot of people who are feeling alone right now feel less alone Mm -hmm. because this has been an experience for me as well there have been people who i have been close to for years and years and years that just not just, there anymore. Just
2: not there. Wow.
1: Not there anymore. And yeah. then there are also new relationships that have been forming. Um, I I woke up this morning, I don't know why, but just in a very bad mood. I was not in a good mood. And then I got uh, a little later on in the day, I got some texts from Calvin Williams, who is the uh, IT person for... Radio Free Brooklyn and also the person who was uh, filling in for Lucas when Lucas mm-hmm. was away. And the shows that we did together, I had texted him last night. I said, uh, working with you brought out the best in me. And oh, I really so did great. feel that. I really that's did feel great. that. And then this morning he wrote back to me, uh, you know, similar things, but th- things he said that that uh, that he hadn't really known he hadn't really expressed his emotions to people the way Uh, the way that he was able to
2: express express to you. Yes. Wow. And
1: and other complimentary things. And, and it really turned my day around. It really did. Um, and, uh, I I will have to let him know that, uh, you know, but I just, I wanted to, to let him express what he was expressing and, and not, not, do anything to take anything away from it you know Mm -hmm. because it was just so so well said what he wrote to me and and it and it helped turn things around and this is this is a you know we knew each other from the station we knew each other from the meetings that we went to he was always been complimentary and kind and listened to the show but now we have something that now you have a
2: a bond you have like a now we have a bond that's great that's Mm -hmm. amazing Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs)
1: <laughs> it doesn't hurt that he's the IT guy, and I'm the least technical person.
2: <laughs> <in this> <laughs> Lucas called,
1: was calling me today, and and he's like he's like, you just have to get the blah 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 for the blah 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 blah. And I'm like, I don't know what you're saying. I don't know what you're saying. <laughs> I don't and speak then, computer. And then, yeah, and and then I was able to get the blah 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 and text it to to him. And he was like, "Okay, so where does this go?" And I'm like, "I don't know where it goes.
2: <laughs>
0: I don't even know what it is." Yeah. It was the IP address, and I was like, "How do I? How do I get that? How
2: do you?
0: How do you?" <laughs> yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know any of that. I was great with tech in the in the '80s. I was the guy that 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 could make the VCR 12 stop flashing and give you the right.
0: Time. <laughs> A lot oh, of people
1: wow. have no idea what I'm talking about.
2: Uh-huh. Yeah. I can't do I any
1: guess of this
0: they're, a little stuff. too
2: young. You <laughs> can't
1: do this computer stuff. Are you kidding me?
0: Um so what sort of skills did um the books recommend you use?
2: Um I mean for the oh the unfuck your brain. Yeah. um so I So They were just, like, basic things, like, to kind of, like, basically help you kind of see what your issue is. Like, sometimes you just have to kind of, like, take a step back and um, not be as upset about certain things. I read in this book, basically, when you're upset, you're really supposed to be upset for, like, 90 seconds, Okay. You're not supposed to you're not supposed to hold on to anger for more than ninety seconds because <laughs> Tell that what to it my does... boardings. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean I didn't know that. So basically when you get upset, there's a a part of your brain that that gets a lot of uh gets like flooded with certain um
0: the fight or flight
2: hormones Rons. and stuff. And you basically it just kind of like having too much of it is very damaging to your body because you deplete it. So, yeah. I mean, when you're upset, you're really supposed to be upset for 90 seconds. They talked about, like, some breathing exercises, um, some meditation stuff. Also, like, when you're upset, like, to just make sure that you're, like, not not going to sleep angry. You know, yeah. not... Like, things that are just kind of therapeutic, therapeutic and, you know, good for you. Like, not to... Um, not to harbor that inside of you. Cause if you do, then it's just gonna like, one, you feel like crap and it just doesn't really solve anything if you just upset. Yeah. And it lives but, in um, your
0: body so strongly. It's yeah, very hard and to it release. Also, it
2: makes you, it makes you stressed. And when you're stressed, that's when your body's its weakest. Yeah. When you're stressed, that's when you get a cold. That's when you feel achy, that's when you're, you're just, like, not, like, I don't want to get out of bed because you're upset and, you know, you waste your day and you could have, like, done something Productive. meaningful with your day. Yeah. yeah. I've also kind of found, like, a little, um, I guess, a lack of creativity with, like, being quarantined. Like, I know, like, I know what I know what to do, like, for myself, for my creative outlets, but I just feel like I was just having a hard time like plugging into them because of like you know having like the, the it's like the loneliness thing like dealing with like friends not calling you texting you and not feeling feeling disconnected yeah I just felt like a lot of like disconnect but I mean I'm gonna try and be a little bit more creative I wanna um, I wanna start painting I have like all like my paint supplies and stuff and I know you're a great <laughs> artist. <laughs> so, I mean, I want to start painting also um, I also want to do a few um needlepoint. Um I did like two or three needlepoints during quarantine. And yeah. You taught yourself, right? I taught myself, yes, I did. Mm-hmm. Yes.
1: So, I had a we had a little uh, loom in loom? this apartment loom yeah for for oh you know, a
2: loom a loom okay yeah
1: and it hadn't been used in like probably 40 years oh, wow. and uh so i asked uh i asked my well, oldest nephew if either his younger brother or sister would be interested in it and sure enough they were and so now this thing that has that had been sitting here for you know forever now has a home, now is being used, now some, a child is doing a craft on it. And what's really cool is that something, a scarf or something like that, that, that my sister Nancy had started making 40 years ago, part of it was still there. Oh, wow. So like they could finish off this thing. <laughs> it was, it was probably, no, probably more like 45 years ago. Um, so they can finish their ants project 45 years later. So that's pretty cool. Folks, you're listening to A Safe Space Radio on Radio Free Brooklyn. I'm going to use more of my radio voice for this because we're going to be asking you for some donations. If you uh, see the value in Freeform Radio, if you are enjoying what you're hearing on this show, if you... Are getting anything out of this, or even if you just want to support this station because you believe it is important to support independent radio, please do so. Go to RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash support. You can give a one-time donation. You can give a monthly donation. can do a, a dollar a month for six months. We, we'll take that. We'll take that. That's less than if you're going to be in a bar and, uh, and said, hey, these guys are doing something good. Let's let's buy them a drink. This is less than that. This is less than that. And also, it's tax deductible. So you can write it off. There's, there's so many reasons to give to this station, and I can't think of any reasons not to. So please, go to RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash support. I would give me money. <laughs> I thought that
2: was a pretty good pitch.
0: I'll, do, I'll make a donation as well. <laughs> what do you have on your show notes?
1: Maybe. Oh, yeah. I'm,
0: I'm, no just, I'm just looking at a few things. Because <laughs> he's looking, I saw.
2: Uh-huh. Should,
0: should we talk about how um, I started a fire in the Zoom call? <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> So I was like, I don't know why I got kicked out, but I think it might be partially because I got pissed at them and I started to fire. <laughs> it was a part of my artwork.
2: Oh, okay. Got kicked you know out when you for... bur- burn the edges? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so you were you were burning the edges and of like your art and then yeah, you were on, on your Zoom call and they were yeah, like, they okay, freaked out. you out. Go. Oh no, no. Oh, man. yeah
1: What are some of the other books that you were reading and, um, uh, so during and again, part, what 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 was helpful in
2: uh i mean like I read a bunch of those they're like very little books um the faith g um what's her name Faith g harper books i read just revisited a bunch of other books. Um, I read *Girl Interrupted* again. Nice. I read *Fight Club* again. I read uh, what else did I read? I read *Shrill*, which was a really good book because it kind of like touched on like like body body issues. Yeah, like body and image. Body image. What's and an, what's that book? *Shrill*. There's *Shrill*. A, *Shrill*. Yeah, it's by who is it by? There was a show on Hulu also, and it's, it's um, who's it? A.D. Bryant's in, in the show on Hulu. She's a comedian, and she's, like, really, really funny, but she's, like, super confident. She's on
1: Saturday Night Live.
2: Yes, yes, she's in it. She's, like, the lead in, in the show. Um, but in the book, it's, like, basically, you know, the books are always going to be different than the, the show. So yeah. the, the book was, like, more about how she, you know, was seeing herself. And, um, she was, you know, a uh, I don't want to, I don't want to be derogatory towards anyone, but she was, you know, she was a fat girl. Like she was pretty like big and she had like these, basically she was being judged a lot based on her weight. Like she got passed up for jobs. Like she was a writer or something like that, or an editor. Um, and she got passed up for a job and, you know, she had a boyfriend who was like a really crappy boyfriend he didn't want to be seen with her. So he would kind of like make That's her
1: a go... crappy boyfriend.
2: Yeah. No, he would like make her go like in the back of the house instead of going through the front of the house. Damn. Because he didn't want his because he didn't want his roommates to see her. I feel like there's a lot of
0: men that have fat fetishes but they don't want anyone to they know about it.
2: They don't want other people to know about it. <laughs> it's, it's like you like what you like and that's it, you know? But um it was really interesting, but then it got, like, a little, it got a little dark, and I was just kind of, like, oh, this is not, you know, but, like, sometimes you need to kind of, like, read these things to just be aware that this, is, you know, this is a an issue, you yeah. know. Sometimes you need to get a little uncomfortable to, like, understand, re- like, really understand what, what something's about, Yeah, you know. So I feel like a lot of people are also doing a lot of that recently, like, with, you know, like, the whole Karen's thing. You know, how, like, people are, you know, and um, other things. Like, a lot of, like, the Black Lives Matter. Like, I feel like some of them, the, uh, what are they, what are they called? The, um, there are, like, some Instagram posts that I've read, and it's just kind of, like, it seems like it's, like, mean, but it's not mean. It's just kind of, like, it's what people, you know, what black people need you to understand to, like, get, so, kind of like understand like what we're going through, and it seems like it's being mean, but it's like not mean. It's just like making you understand like certain like certain things.
0: Yeah, I think it's just educational. 80,
1: Sorry. 80, yeah. 80 Bryant, eighty. Bryant is very, very talented, and she she's, had a, beautiful be, she's she had a beautiful woman. She had to be woman. talented because um, l- 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 how many larger women have you seen on Saturday Night Live? None. Thank yeah. you. And Fine. if you're if you're a guy going from season one, John Belushi, you know, nobody had he didn't have, uh, you know, being a larger guy was not a detriment to him in comedy in Saturday Night Live. As far as I know, I could be wrong. Okay. So I could be wrong, but certainly not as much of a detriment as it is to a woman or we would have seen a larger woman prior to 80 Brian on SNL.
0: I mean, it took them a long time to have diverse casts, too. They used to actually. I saw a video the other At, day they where had they the did. They one black guy. Forever. They did um, a blackface because they didn't have enough black characters. Like, oh, people, no. I was like, yeah. That's terrible. Yes, yes that's true. <laughs>
1: that's true. Uh, they had a white person portraying, I think, Jesse Jackson, but oh, I could no. be wrong. Oh, yeah. My
0: God.
1: yeah. Oh, wow. Uh, or or i i it might not have been jesse jackson but um but it was you know someone prominent in the black community and uh yeah they didn't have enough uh people of color in their cast um
0: they also used to do a lot of like um gibberish for asian people and just sort of like make make fun of language yeah oh no that's
2: terrible (laughs) oh my goodness so I guess they've come a long way. They've come a long way. <laughs> a long way. <laughs> I just yeah. finished
0: reading Colin Quinn's book on like race relations in um, New York, and I think some people would be offended, but it it's pretty spot on, I feel like. I feel like okay. actual New Yorkers would get it. Okay.
2: Wait, what's that book called?
0: Um, um, the, oh, col- the Coloring Book.
1: Calvin must be listening, and I'm glad because I said some nice things to him. He just texted me that uh, Daryl Hammond played Jesse Jackson. Okay. <laughs> Daryl Daryl Hammond played Jesse Jackson. Thank you for okay. that. <laughs>
0: We have dead time. We have to figure something out. Say something. We have dead time. Oh. Say something.
1: I don't mind See silence doesn't bother me on, yeah. on this anymore because I was uh, I was reading about this guy, his name is Bob Foss, and he is one of the pioneers of free form radio. He was on FMU for many, many years and he used his show uh, really as as a as a as a as a rallying point. Or, or as a, he used it in many ways. He was very popular in the '60s. So he had, he had, uh, he had Bob Dylan on early, early in Bob Dylan's career. He had a lot of uh, political activists on early in his career. He had uh, Robert Downey Sr., who has been on this show, um, who has been a guest on my show. He had him on as a regular uh, speaker. And uh, and and one of the things he he said about you know dead air he goes it's it's not dead air it's it's a it's a time for people who are listening at home gives them some time to reflect on things that have been saying and we've been dealing with some pretty you know pretty heavy topics so i don't mind i don't mind if there's i'm not doing that you have to fill every second thing anymore (laughs) 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 I i don't fucking do that You know, Mm -hmm. give people time to breathe. You know, wow, Daryl Hammond played Jesse Jackson. Let me take a minute with that.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, so this is like my first time doing this. So like, I've never been on radio before. So like, I really didn't even know like what to say. So like, I, you know, I had like a little, little, like little things that I wanted to talk about. Like when I was talking about the um, the books that I read, and um, that's it. Pretty
1: much. Yeah. Notice that I mentioned Downey being on the show like twice. Ooh, did I drop a name? Oops. (laughs) You drop Uh. names all the time.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I know a lot of famous people.
1: (laughs) I met I met Downey Junior in when we were four years old in
0: my Oh. Yeah. uh, We were like best friends. At uh,
1: nursery school. And yeah, we were best friends for many, many, many years. Um, and, uh, he's been slightly more successful than me as an entertainer, <laughs> a little bit.
0: <laughs> it's got to hurt a little bit. <laughs>
1: no, no, I'm very jealous. Very proud. Very, jealous, very proud of his accomplishments. Actually, no, I, I think, uh, you know, he went through so much, you know, with the, with the drug use, he was in jail for a year. He was, you know. The whatever demons are inside him, I I don't know if I would treat for. Oh yeah, actually I would. <laughs> 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 Bullshit! I'll take the demons with that kind of stuff. <laughs> <Totally. success. laughs> fucking cars, big <bigger> fucking house, <laughs> houses.
0: I don't know. I think that a lot of um, famous people kill themselves, though. I feel like it's. Like- I
2: was just reading something about that. Something about. Um, shit. it was like Anthony Bourdain uh, I think Robert Williams guy. Rob-
0: right in yeah. that same year right like there was like three of them
2: yeah and it was just kind of like I was reading something about it today but I it, it just kind of glanced at it and it, it was just it's so sad because like Anthony Bourdain like he seems like he was such a happy guy like he I mean, I don't know. I I love him to death because he's just like a genuinely like super in tuned and, you know, just kind of like he was just a really cool guy and he traveled so much and he was so humbled and he was so like he wasn't like a like a like a bad guy. Like and he he was so, so funny. Like he was so funny um, it's a shame.
1: Do you think there's a disproportionate amount of suicide amongst entertainers uh, um, as opposed think, to the general population?
2: No, I mean, I mean, I just feel like I feel like there's a lot, but not like I feel like more people there. I feel like there are more people in the world than entertainers. So I feel like there are probably more people, more people, regular people dying <laughs> than, than celebrities. So, I've never know. looked at
0: the numbers, but I know that um, the number one is dentists. Yeah. Yes. I
2: don't know. I don't understand like why why that would be. I would I, I mean I would nobody likes to see
0: them. Like, no, like
2: no. I, I gotta read like why like why that is because I would I feel like it would be like a like a doctor, like someone that has to like kind of or like a nurse, someone that has to like care for somebody, like for a long term, like and like someone that actually has to see someone die. Like I, I think that, that kind of a person with that kind of job would be more more inclined to, like, commit suicide, you know. But then a lot of people, they're suffering in silence. They don't, re- you know, you never really know what someone's going through, you
0: know. I think in the medical field, there's still shame around getting help yourself. And so that's, like, mm-hmm. a lot of them aren't going to therapists Oh, and for, stuff. for
2: being, like, being in the medical field and then going to help for, like... For mental going health. Going to, like, for mental health. Oh. Yeah. It's, it's- I never thought about that. I never thought about that. Yeah. I mean, so... Yeah, no, I mean, I, I mean, suicide is definitely like a very, um, it's a very strong topic. I actually, I, I lost my my mother, my mother committed suicide when I was 17. So, I mean, I take that subject very seriously. So, um, I mean, it's a hard thing, but I, I definitely, you know, feel that if anybody needs any type of help, like they should, you know, try their hardest to, you know, speak to somebody that they care care you know care about or you know even people just need to just care for one each one another and just check in check in it doesn't matter if you're being annoying hey that text that's like hey i'm just checking in on you and making sure you're okay could save someone's life totally it's like a very you know serious thing yeah
0: yeah. I had a friend um, tell me, I didn't realize I had ever saved him from suicide, but he said to me the other day, he sent me a letter saying of, like all the times that like, he... thank you
2: for. Her. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's well, a hard thing, but I kind of feel like, you know, no amount of, you know, suicide prevention will prevent suicide yeah. because like, it's, it's like, it, I, I've, it it's a very, like I said, it's a very kind of, it's a hard, not so hard subject for me. It's hard. It's hard for people who, you know, like I lost my mother. So, I mean, I feel like at first, like I, I wanted answers. I wanted to know what I did. I, you know, was there yeah. something I could have done to like help prevent it, you know? And then sometimes it has nothing to do with you. It has just things that they can't really express to other people or don't want to express to other people about yeah. what's going on with them. So, um,
0: yeah. I think if, um, the shame surrounding mental illness wasn't so prevalent, um, it, it might be easier
2: f- but for like people to get help, but. I agree. Yeah. I mean, like I always donate to the suicide prevention foundation. Um, you know, I just do it in her memory, Yeah. but I do it also to like, kind of like, you know, help, you know, give those resources to people who you know need need those services. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. there's some mm-hmm.
0: um, resources like specifically for trans people of color now because they have a really That's high suicide yeah. rate. <laughs> yeah. Oh
1: wow! It's the, those numbers are devastating.
0: Yeah. Absolutely mm-hmm. devastating. I mean, they're Thank also getting killed, and, like, it's, like, a genocide. Yeah,
2: I'm noticing that, like, and it's it's very terrible. Like, I, I don't – I feel like I wish that there was something that, like – I wish that people could just care more, you know? Yeah. Like, I just feel like there's such a, like, a hatred, which I don't understand. I, not to say that I, I don't understand it, like, because I don't feel hate towards, towards anybody. I, I don't feel that hate, but I just don't understand – what amount of like under like what don't you understand about this person this person wants to be who they want to be why does it bother you i think like, why... we just live
0: in such a religious nation basically
2: don't yeah. do you think in a religious
0: i feel i feel like religion is causing most of the hatred
2: i just feel like it's just, a lot of it is just like ignorance and denial like sometimes people are in denial of like they're, you know, like how, you know, how they're being judged. Like, so they're just in denial about like, like if you're a guy and you're you're a straight guy and you find another guy attractive, like, so what? You find that person attractive or, you know, people get stigmatized with having this like, oh, like, it, I, if if I'm seen with this man or I'm seen with this, I'm, I'm a woman and I'm seen with this woman and I'm, we're being romantic that they shouldn't have to worry about like, am I going to be like, is someone going to be violent towards me? Is somebody going to hurt me because I'm showing my, my love and affection for this person? Like, I feel like it's so terrible. It's like such a terrible thing. I just feel like people just need to be more kinder, and more understanding and then realize that we're living in a time now that times are changing they're changing and you just need to kind of get with the times just get with the times. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yes yes absolutely you know,
2: that's really what i feel you know
0: yeah i've seen it improve a lot like in the 15 years since i've been in the city mm-hmm.
1: this um I know that when something horrible and tragic happens, like what happened to you when you were 17, Medalia, mm-hmm. I I know that this can affect people in so many different ways. Some people can become incredibly bitter, incredibly angry, uh, incredibly withdrawn, and uh, have a have a just terrible outlook on things and terrible outlook on people. and And then other people can go in the other direction where they they be their their hearts start to open more yeah. they care more and it seemed to would you say that uh, that this tragedy contributed to you caring more for others
2: yes it did it really did it, it really made me feel like you know I just wanted to like help people and I feel like I I help I help I help I I try to help as many people as I can even if it's like a little something just checking in or advocating for someone um at work or well, previous job or
0: She's um supported me more than anyone. I I literally followed yeah. her to four locations cuz I was like, ah, oh, I don't like the way I'm being treated." <laughs> just kept going. <laughs> yeah.
2: No, but I I just felt like it was just a, you know, Sometimes you just, I mean, like you said, like it kind of pushes you to be like more open and more caring, you know, yeah. I mean, you lo- like when you lose somebody. So like I lost, I lost my mother and I I guess that's really what my goal was to like, just give back to others and you know, make others. sure that other people are supported.
1: We have about uh, six minutes left, and there was one thing I wanted to make sure I got into this show, so I, I want to share this, and then if we have time, we can do a little bit more stuff, but um, previous to his passing, uh, John John Lewis had written an op-ed piece for the New York Times, uh, asking that it be published on the day of his funeral, it's, it's beautiful, the whole thing, we don't have time to read the whole thing, but I'd like to read just the, the last couple of paragraphs where he starts addressing the, today's protesters, the people that I have been so vocal about supporting. And uh, so here's what he wrote towards the end. Though I may not be here with you, I urge you to answer the highest calling of your heart and stand up for what you truly believe. In my life, I have done all I can to demonstrate that the way of peace, the way of love, and nonviolence is the more excellent way. Now it's your turn. To let freedom ring when historians pick up their pens to write the story of the 21st century let them say that it was your generation who laid down the heavy burdens of hate at last and that peace finally triumphed over violence and aggression and war so i say to you walk with the wind brothers and sisters and let the spirit of peace and the power of everlasting love be your guide that
2: was very beautiful
0: I feel like um, the protests have become more and more peaceful over the years. Just the cops have become more and more lethal in their actions. But mm-hmm. yeah, I remember when they I first think... started, there was a lot of like in that first year, there was a lot of like throwing glass at cops and stuff like that. But I never see that anymore.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It was beautiful. What, what was very wrote?
0: beautiful. Yeah. So
1: I recommend uh, folks read read that op ed. Uh, also, President uh, Barack Obama's eulogy was so beautifully written. That's another thing. If if this is subject matter that interests you, and you feel uh, if you're looking for a source of inspiration, uh, some words of comfort, uh, that that that's another source that I, I would highly, highly recommend.
0: I was talking to no, no such thing as dead air. No <laughs> such thing
1: as dead air. So that, that's, that's, we just put out some powerful stuff. Let people yeah. breathe that in. You know? Let people say, okay, well, now I have a second to, to think about what mm-hmm. I just heard. You know, That's great. Well, we only have about three minutes left. I don't want to uh, let the time run out without uh, expressing my gratitude. Uh, Medallia. Thank you so yes. much for doing this. I know that you were nervous about it.
2: I was a little nervous, but thank you so much. I really do appreciate you allowing me to be on your station, and um, I would like to do it again sometime if, if possible. That's great Definitely. to hear. That's great to hear. <laughs> you Absolutely. did a great job. You,
1: you, yeah. Okay. yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, we, you, you really you shared with us, uh, you know, you were just open. You shared a lot with us personal stuff and your feelings and some resources uh unfuck your brain i'm gonna fucking read that book, that's <laughs> a book. If it's gonna be like one of these fucking head doctor books i want to just go to the fucking library and say hey hey let me get that fucking book unfuck your brain and the librarian's gonna be like hey don't fucking yell in the fucking library fucking i said just get me unfuck your brain librarian and then they're going to kick me out, like I kick that out of everything, and then I'll go somewhere, <laughs> maybe I'll buy the book. But anyway, Unfuck Your Brain sounds like a good fucking book. <laughs> yeah. And thank you also, Lucas, uh, for doing this with me, for figuring out the tech, for realizing <laughs> earlier today when we were talking that... I wasn't understanding anything. Sorry, you I wasn't saying.
0: being nice about it. I, I, was, <laughs> I wasn't <not> a really <laughs> nice game today. <laughs> you're,
1: a little, you're yelling a bit. You're like, listen, I've been doing
0: this. Doing this. <laughs> I'm sorry. I've been on a tear. And, chair. <laughs>
1: and uh, I want to thank our, our listeners so much. You know, uh, that was so great. You know, that was another thing that helped. Picked me out of my slump today was seeing that we had uh we were back in the top ten. And uh, why don't we play some music to get us out of here? Okay.